Well, we continue with our Advent series uh, that Pastor Rob uh, decided that we should focus on this year. The reason I mention it that way is because um, he took the better two of the four songs, and I keep giving him a hard time about that. I got stuck with Zechariah. Which reminds me, I grew up in a, uh, going to a Lutheran grammar school, and uh, you could imagine we had to memorize lots of verses from the Bible, actually every day. We were tested on a different scripture. At the time, it wasn't much fun, but now I thank God for the Lutherans. But um, I remember there was one year that uh, my teacher decided that we would reenact uh, the pageant. And uh, all the parts were being named out, you know, Mary, Joseph. We know all the prime characters, don't we? But this time, our teacher also mentioned Elizabeth and Zechariah. Well, Elizabeth, I recognize that name because it's my name. And I knew where my name came from biblically. But Zechariah, I remember everyone's looking at her like, Zecha who? And no one wanted Zachariah's part until the teacher said, Zachariah's mute and doesn't have to say anything up until the very end. Then you saw the boy's hands shoot up. Well, indeed, Zachariah is a, somewhat of a mysterious person to us, isn't he? Even though we have scripture of Zachariah, even though the name Zechariah is uh, mentioned at least 30 times in the Bible, but this particular Zechariah is only brought up in this gospel. We know more about his wife, Elizabeth, not just because she has a really wonderful name, but because she's Mary's cousin. And uh, we, we read about their encounter between the cousins and how they're there to support one another in their pregnancy. But Zechariah is a bit more mysterious to us. In our Advent Bible study that we've been doing here on Thursdays, we did have a chapter on Zechariah, and we were able to learn more about him. One thing that's interesting is Zechariah did come from a line of priests in his family. But what that meant was not that he was in charge year-round of the temple, but only two weeks out of the year, he would be in charge of all that was happening in the temple. And it was during that time when this encounter happens, when the angel tells to Zechariah that his wife, Elizabeth, uh, is pregnant and that she will have a son and that they are to call him John. Well, we know that, uh, that much about Zechariah. We can uh, deduce the fact that he was a priest, that he should have at least entertained that possibly this angel was saying the truth. You would think, right? Wouldn't you think that a priest, a rabbi, should be someone just full of faith and, and uh, able to recognize a divine intervention and also believe that miraculous thing that's happening in front of them, well, indeed, we see that Zechariah didn't. Instead, Zechariah wants to test the angel, and he asks for a sign instead. He says, you know, show me a sign, and then I'll believe you. 
Well, I have to admit that reading about Zechariah again, whether for class and now for uh, the sermon, I felt rather judgy about Zechariah. I thought, look, Zechariah, what do you have to do? All you have to do is believe the angel. Your wife has to carry a child in her old age for nine months. All you have to do is continue leading your community in temple worship for two weeks. Zechariah, really, is God asking too much of you other than to believe? Well, it's not really fair, though, is it, for me or any of you to be judgy towards Zechariah? Because if we're honest, sometimes we don't believe what amazing thing is happening around us doing. In fact, we tend to believe what bad thing is happening. I have a friend, uh, she lives in the state of New York, and we check in on each other now and then, and when we talk on the phone, she's kind of funny because she'll ask me how I am, I'll answer, I'll ask her how she is, and then she'll go on for like 30 minutes straight telling me about how she is. And after that, she'll catch herself and she'll say something like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Liz, and, and how are things with you? And then I'll say something else, and then she'll go on to usually talk about how terrible everything is in the world. So it's all about her, and then it's all about how terrible things are in the world. It's an interesting conversation. Well, what my friend does is she likes to basically stay in this place of thinking that everything that's going to happen is bad anyway. And it seems to be almost easier for her to believe that only bad things can happen. I wondered if that's what Zachariah was doing. If we think about that time in that culture, in that place of history, these people would have been suffering. They wouldn't have had much money. They would have been under Roman law. Life would have been difficult. Perhaps all they were used to was waiting for this Messiah that, as Pastor Rob mentioned earlier to the children, waiting and waiting 600 years. Where is this Messiah? Is this ever going to happen? Is anything different going to happen for us? Will the world change? Will things get better? Does that sound familiar, friends? Well, sometimes... Again, what is too wonderful for us is indeed hard to believe. There have been some wonderful things that have happened amongst us. And uh, although I'm not a mother, I could say that when my nieces and nephews were born, that was a wonderful time in the life of my family, especially my first niece. I will say that our family was going through a lot at that time. But this baby had the ability to bring us all together and united. In a way, it was hard for us to believe that anything good would have, could happen from the birth of a baby that wasn't expected, that wasn't planned. You can imagine what that would have been like for my family. We didn't know how the church would react. My dad was the pastor. My sister was only 18 years old. Indeed, what good could come out of this baby being born? 
But instead, this baby, Melissa Francis, united our family in a way that nothing really could at that time. And our congregation at the time also embraced this child. And today, Melissa Francis is a mother of two children and a social worker, a school social worker, living a very full and happy life close to her mother, my sister. So sometimes what we think is or see in front of us is happening, we tend to believe that it's only going to be a bad thing, but in fact, maybe God has better plans for us. Again, it's easy for us to think that Zacharias should have known better, that the angel was trustworthy. But if we're honest, sometimes we don't trust God's promises for us. And yet we know from scripture, we know from the biblical stories, we know from the stories we share with one another, we know from the sermons that you all listen to and from your devotionals, we are told over and over about how faithful God is, right? And yet sometimes we doubt. Well, I do find solace knowing that I'm in good company with many people who doubted in the Bible about God's greatness. Now, I don't want us to leave thinking here, okay, well, Pastor Liz is teaching us to go ahead and doubt God. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we need to recognize that in our humanity, even though we we believe in God, even though we worship God, even though we serve God, there are times when we simply cannot believe God. And we need to be forgiving of ourselves when that happens, but also allow enough space in, within us to entertain the idea that perhaps God does have something better for us in store. I shared with you already, and I'm going to share it again, one of the most miraculous things I think that has happened in my life was coming to this church because I'm not ordained United Methodist. I'm ordained United Church of Christ. I lived in a different part of the, of the state. In fact, I never even heard of this church, sorry to tell you. I never even heard of this person that's called a superintendent until she called me on the phone and asked if I would be interested in coming to work in one of her churches in the northern district. I had no idea what she was talking about. All I knew was that at the time, I was really struggling at the church that I was uh, serving. And I didn't know a way out. And in fact, I had my mom, my family, my closest friends praying with me and for me, asking God, God, help me to find a way to move this congregation forward because they really were rejecting much of my leadership. And I didn't know what to do with that. In fact, I hadn't experienced it in the 20-something years of being a pastor. What I thought would be the outcome of that situation wasn't, and instead, here was Superintendent Melissa introducing me to then Pastor Mark, who was our senior pastor, and then next thing I know, after three, four phone calls, and after only about a month of conversations, suddenly they're 
inviting me to be a part of this congregation. Even then you would think that that was an answer to my prayer and that I would recognize that. And then I would say, wow, of course, yes, thank you so much. And that I would get off the Zoom call and that I would tell my mom, mom, guess what? I've been offered this church in Santa Barbara and you know, look how amazing God is to answer our prayers. That's not how it went. <laughs> Instead, what happened was I said very politely, oh, thank you very much. Um, I'll have to think about it and I'll get back to you. I got off the Zoom call. I talked to my mom who was staying with me at my house at the time. And she uh, gently yet sternly as moms know how to reply, reminded me that we've been praying really hard now that something would happen. <laughs> yes, mom, but, she's like, no buts. And I thought, well, you know, moms, moms are always ready to go for whatever's good and positive. And they're used to saying, oh, it'll get better, dear, just hang in there. But then my lovely sister, who's not like me at all, she's quieter, more shy, not as intelligent, but <laughs> she gets on the Zoom call with my niece, and we're all in different parts of the country, and my sister, who's usually very calm and mild-mannered, says, Lisa, my family calls me Lisa, Lisa, aren't you always telling us to pray, pray for what we need? Yes. Well, don't you think this is an answer to God's prayer about what you need? Yeah. Well, I really think that you should take that church. And then I felt ganged up on by the three of them on that Zoom call. Yes, yes, take the church, take the church. And still I was, but I've only been at this church for three and a half years. That's not going to look too good on my resume. What if someday I want to move on to another church and they're going to say, well, what happened here? You were only there for three and a half years. Plus, I don't know anyone in Santa Barbara. Plus, it's a Methodist church. Who knows how those Methodists even worship? <laughs> My mom's like, hey, I grew up Methodist. Your grandparents were Methodist and your great-grandparents were Methodist. Make a long story short, it was hard for me to believe at the time that something so wonderful could happen. That God not only heard my prayer, but that God answered it in a better way than I could even imagine. Today, I'm here to remind you, friends, that although it might be easy for us to remind each other of all the bad things that are truly happening in the world and all the things that we are definitely afraid of happening in the world, we need to continue to remind ourselves and each other that God is good and that what God wants for us is the very best. That we're not crazy to imagine something good for us, for our family, for our communities. That we're not people who doubt and therefore we're not real Christians because we have questions sometimes. Instead, let us believe, friends, that, that God still loves us. That 2,000-something years later, after he sent John the Baptist 
to prepare the way for Jesus Christ, after he sends Jesus Christ, we could say in many ways the world isn't much better and yet good things still happen. God not only wants good things to happen to us, friends, God wants us to be a part of those good things to happen for others. We need to continue to believe in a great God, a God that loves us, that moves through us, that moves with us to bless the wider community. So friends, if you still have doubts, if you still have fears, you're in good company as Zachariah was, as others, the disciples were in the Bible, as even you and I, and I will speak for Pastor Rob, sometimes we doubt. And yet God is good and God is faithful. So I invite you this year, as difficult as things may seem around us and around the world, let us acknowledge that the God that we worship is a great God, a God that loves us, and a God that still has surprises up God's sleeves for us to encounter and believe in and share with others. Friends, we know that our country is very divided and we know how a certain part of the Christian faith has hijacked Christianity. And many of us could just stand around and frown and think, how is this possible? Everything seems upside down in our country. But friends, let us be people of good news. Let us sing out like Zachariah did and basically say, I don't understand how this is happening, but it's happening. God is alive, God is well, God is to be worshiped and praised still, and God hasn't given up on us. No matter how much we get it wrong, God is still in control and God still loves us. Friends, this Advent and this Christmas season, let us sing out like Zachariah, sing out like Mary, sing out like others in scripture throughout time and sing out of the joy that God gives us yeah. now and always. Amen.